Welcome back to another episode of. No, it's not Really? Yeah. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another behind the scenes episode of Unknown and Talented with your very own Joan Abrams. Joan, welcome back. Can you introduce yourself, please? We just went over this. Go on now. <laughs> Uh, for those who are curious to know who I am, it's not the point. You're not here for me. But Sharna Janice, I am Jalan's girlfriend. I'm a content creator. Um, and I am the curator for Behind the Scenes with Jalan Abrams of Unknown and Talented. Jalan, welcome back. Yes, we are back. I'm just happy to be on a couch again, you know. I used to be on a stool. I get to lean back, relax. I don't got to be in full control because you here. So, you know, it's kind of cool to relax. Let my head out a little bit, you know. Hey, hey. Yeah. I love that for you. All right. So, uh, well, last time, if you watched, we were talking a lot about um, just what it looked like for day-to-day navigating the space of being a content creator and so today i wanted to uh, chat a little bit more with jalan about creative process so we landed last episode talking about your why as far as the impact you wanted to leave the legacy you wanted to leave how would you say that impacts how you create or what it looks like when you're brainstorming, creating from that lens of the impact that you want to be left with whoever's viewing that content. Yeah, so basically whenever I do create content, I think about the person watching it. I think about helping myself. Right now I am 31, 30, 31 years young. Um, <laughs> but I think of like, what kind of content would I want to see at 25 or at 20 to help motivate me? So a lot of times when I do create content, I know it motivates a lot of people, but it's really motivating me. So I think about, you know, waking up to work out in the morning. That's tough, but explain the reason why you're doing it. So I could legit go back and listen to it and be like, yo, this is speaking to me. So I create content that I want to see, not to really copy anybody else, but that I want to see and then end up affecting everybody else. I love that. I love that. Um, my bestie, um, I was talking to her the other day on speakerphone and, um, she was just like shouting out Jalan, like, oh man, like, you know, I, I really like your content, like low key, it inspires me around my workout and my fitness. And I think something you spoke to, um, is how content creators can stay authentic to themselves. Because if you're creating something that you know that you need, even in that moment, or if you need it in another season, I think it just maintains that authenticity of the work that you're doing. I know a lot of time pastor, um, when he preaches, he's like, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about like what it is I need. I'm thinking about what my children are going to need, you know? Mm -hmm. So when you start thinking about it in that intimate way, then it creates, um, I think a different level of impact. And so it's going to touch people in ways you didn't even think it could. Yeah. Um, and I just want to expand on that. Because it's pretty much just staying, staying genuine to you. You know, you're, you're not creating content to try to be anybody else or be the person yelling, "Get up, guys! Let's!" Get, you know, I'm not going to be that kind of guy. I'm going to be the person that's, you know, that's me. And then when people relate, like that's why like Drake is popular, J Cole is popular, Kendrick Lamar is because people can relate to their stories. You know, it's not just. You know, if you can't relate, you're not going to really be a fan of them. So, like, they make relatable music. So, when you're creating content, when I'm creating content, I'm making something relatable. So, people will be like, yo, I have a problem making it to work out. I have a problem eating healthy. I have a problem of sticking to my goals. So, now they relate to it, and you've been able to follow them that way. I like it. I like it. 
And I think it creates a level of accountability to yourself too, because if I'm telling you to do this, now I gotta, you know, you gotta practice what you preach. So yeah. you gotta be like, all right, let me make sure, like you said, I can play back stuff I created. I can go back and read things I've written for other people to encourage them. And it's like, it still hits like, okay, this is just as motivating to me as it is to the person on the other side consuming. Yeah. And it's also funny, like that one of my friends at, at work, he's, um, you know, listens to the podcast as well as like Kristen. So he listens to the podcast as well. And he just explains to me like how it helps him out, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just funny that, you know, he's saying, you know, I'm setting my goals. It was like one of the early episodes talking about how you set goals where a lot of times you go after the easy goal. So let's say you have four tasks that are super easy. Take the trash out, you know, um, wash the dishes. Like you have all these easy goals that you can do, but then you have those big goals, rearrange my bedroom. I don't want to do that. I want to do all the easy goals. So now you're checking off things, but you never do that big goal that you need to complete. So he was explaining to me that, you know, I'm working on going after the big things first instead of skipping over those. So that was actually pretty cool to hear somebody else be motivated by what I created. But like you said, I have to do it myself. Like I can't be speaking this. And then next thing you know, I'm just worried about washing my dishes and, you know, and I'm not worried about rearranging my bedroom. So, yeah. 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 So I think, and that same thought as far as like it being applicable to you when it comes to like what you're creating. When you're in that space, when you're starting to sort of flesh out how you're going to communicate those thoughts that are true to you that, you know, you know, are probably going to resonate with someone else. What does that process look like? Like, how do you sort of start building out that story, start sort of creating that? Uh, that lens of which people are going to view that content from? Uh, so I'll start with the problem. i start, what's the problem? And then i start, yeah, so pretty much i start with the problem. I figure out how you're going to solve that problem and then how I'm going to deliver that message. So for example, the problem, we can't achieve our goals. That's the problem, right? And then now I think about the solution of, you know, what we're going to do to change those. So we can't figure, we can't complete our goals. So now you think about, you know, the solution of what you're doing, why you can't achieve that. So we're going after these little goals. Like everybody, you know, they might set goals, they might not, but you have to think about the different levels of the people as well. So I have different times in my life where I am setting goals. I have different parts of my life where I'm not setting goals. So I'm trying to be able to speak to multiple people at the same time, but it's like really like parts of me. So I have one part of my life where I was setting goals, you know, I'm going after them, another part where I'm not, but still having that goal. So thinking about the problem, thinking about the different ways to solve that problem, I give examples of my life. If you can't relate to my life, I give examples to what inspired me to actually go after this. So it's still speaking to me. And then we find, uh, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. Problem, solution, you know, and then delivery. So I don't know if that answered the question, but yeah. No, I think so. I think it, it really spoke to something that I I like as far as like how you organize it um, and how you get that process. So now step before organizing it, you're just every day, day to day, like, I guess, do those problems sort of funnel in from your, your own life? Like when you're, or are you sort of looking at content and then you're sort of seeing things and being like, oh yeah, like a lot of people are dealing with that. Like, how do you sort of hone in on like what problems are that you can create that, you know, content around? It comes from everywhere. It comes from listening to other podcasts. I listen to motivational podcasts and seeing the way they do delivery. 
and be like, yo, that's a good idea. And then like changing it, you know, from my life. Conversations with people. I try to motivate people every day in a conversation and see the kind of problems they have. And I'm like, okay, that's an idea. Or if I am going through something, I'm like, yo, I'm struggling right now. And what am I going to do to solve this problem? And I'm like, yo, that's going to be an episode. And I'm very transparent as y'all listen to the episodes. I'm very transparent on, you know, what I'm going through or, you know, the situations that I'm dealing with and how I'm going to solve it. So, you know, another um, episode that I had was talking about networking, like trying to get out, get out your comfort zone. And, you know, I went to an event and, you know, ended up helping. So now I just explain to people from just a broad aspect of how important networking network networking is and now actually doing it and now it's just like yo it changed something so now you listen to it yeah i'm just service level but now i'm going deeper into what i actually experienced so a lot of it is just my own experiences and pretty much what i see day to day okay okay now so there's a quote um not sure who it's by but um that says you know that life imitates art but do you feel like or maybe it's art imitates life which one do you feel is more true that life imitates art and that art is imitating life more often or which one do you feel sort of navigates like how you create like is it your art imitating your life or is it your life being a reflection of the art that you're consuming that's a question um i think it's just i think it's just both I think it's both because you know my life actually i'm, I'm confused on the question life intimidates i mean life say it again all right so art art imitating life imitating life or okay. life imitating art oh this is what i deal with on a day-to-day -day basis i don't know why i get questions like this but <laughs> it's what i gotta deal with my life is imitating my art or my art is imitating my life is it my life i'm imitating whose life are we imitating now Life, art, art, life. life. Yeah. Right, so, like, for example, like. Thank you. Like, <laughs> so, I guess I'll sort of answer the question and then. Yeah, you answer the question. Like, you, okay. like, wow, this is not supposed to be a question. This is supposed to be a back and forth. And now she turned it into another interview. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So, I I think, honestly, what you said both. I feel like where you were going is, is you know was right. I, was I, feel like I, I feel like I know okay. where you were going. Okay. But um, a little bit of both, right? Like there are times where, um, like we watch like Love Jones, right? Like it's one of my favorite movies, and like they're together. Like she's a photographer, she's creating, um, he's a writer, and so it was funny because you know they had a lot of drama in their relationship. We do not, but it was <laughs> it was cool. Like sort of watching like the art sort of be a reflection of life like i love jazz music and so it was sort of that dynamic of the art of that movie being a reflection of of life like thinking of the time 90s like that was huge thinking mm -hmm. of new york those spaces where people did like spoken word and things of that nature so there was a lot of i'm sure the narration or thinking about what this couple would look like was a reflection of what they saw in life as far as they saw couples going to these kind of clubs, having relationships, mm -hmm. you know, that's implemented in narrating and like deriving this story. But at the same time, the art itself, even their like references to art, um, you know, written art, you know, they talk about different art, different writers in it. So then there's also like art 
being a reflection of the life that was happening at that yeah. time, right? Okay. Which I think those are like the interesting dynamics. So I think it's always that relationship of of both. So I guess like in content, is it more like my life is being a space where I'm reflecting art. So like when we're doing creative things together, that's being more reflected or the art that you create is more of a reflection of the things that you're seeing in your everyday life. Yeah. No, I think the art that I'm creating is a reflection of what I'm seeing in my everyday life. Because I even throw examples of movies that I love, um, different podcasts. I think so it's basically my life in art form. I don't think it's just like art in my life. If that makes sense. I don't know. I feel like it's a, it's a weird question, but she she's gonna, she'll get better, guys. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but how about you? You're also a content creator and you pretty much do, you know, craft. You do you write as well and how do you how do you how do you stay inspired to to create? Cuz you know, I everybody everybody don't got me in their life. So, what do you do to stay inspired to create this art cuz if you haven't checked out um, material out everybody loves it she's you know she creates she writes she go ahead i'm sorry you're your artist as well she's painting she you could do a lot but Thank just you. explain how you get inspired like how does the how does the person that inspired everybody get inspired yeah um i think for me i like the core of a lot of my inspiration was music for sure i think i grew up just like always listening to music growing up in like church hearing music and then like just going with my friends and then I would hear like music that like I wouldn't hear at home and it always had this interesting space and then I had a very like diverse group of like friends growing up so I heard lots of different music and I think all of that um even like thinking about um music and like theater and like you know musical movies even like disney like their movies being musical but then mm -hmm. also like broadway like plays and just all these different spaces where i was interacting um and the music told a story and so i was always in my mind as i listened to music trying to in my mind like create a a story that paired with the music i was listening to um and then i would want to write a story that aligned with the music I was listening to. Um, so like if we read a short story in literature, then I was correlating it with like a song that would like align with that short story. And then like what kind of art, what kind of imagery would align. So like they all sort of spoke to each other to me. So I think everything has always been like that. So like when I listen to music, like I see a story in my head, my brothers uh, and my sister, they all were in band. So they played percussion, saxophone. So I would always go to their like live performances and you would hear the music and I'd be wondering like what kind of story, what kind of movie would this music be played in? And so I think even as I create, I always usually have music playing. Mm -hmm. Now a lot of jazz, not a lot of lo-fi with the afro beats and i'm sort of thinking as i'm creating the art like what kind of story would this art be in like what kind of movie would have this kind of art mm. what kind of home would have this kind of art so that sort of creates a story for me around what i'm creating okay and so you did talk about listening to a lot of different music would you mm -hmm. say the different music you listen to affect the art so say for example she made a vase out of clay right no not a vase out of clay a vase out of clay yeah there you go vase yeah. out of clay 
So let's say you, one day you listen to jazz and the next day you listen to lo-fi. Do you think the different types of music you listen to will affect how that ends up turning out? I think so. I think so. I think a lot of the art that I'm doing now definitely feels like abstract. And so when you think about the notes of jazz that are sort of like very you know, melodic and scattered and you know how they bounce around when I'm doing art and it mm. feels that way. Like you feel that in the, the art. Um, I think if I was listening to like orchestra, like the, the art pieces would be more like refined, right? Like it's, it's going to feel like what you're, you're listening to, you know, mm. more playful listening to Afro beats. If I'm doing a piece that I want to be, you know, bright and colorful, like, you know, so I think the different art, when I think about what music I'm listening to, I'm thinking about what kind of story the art's going to tell. I like that. I like that. Because me, I'm, I'll create, you know, I have a podcast, also create fitness content on my page. So when I am editing, depending on the music I use, that's going to change how I edit it. So mm-hmm. I know for you, for example, how, how's your editing process? Because mine is I usually find the sound and then I, you know, chop it up how I want for that sound. How do you create your content? Because you are creating content with art, creating content with travel, creating content with home decor. What is that process like? Yeah, for me, I work uh, backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I usually start with like just the footage, um, and I throw everything into uh, to CapCut. That's what we use to edit, um, and then from there, I mute it. Like I, I just want to sort of like look at it, and then think when I'm looking at each image, like what sound is going to pair with that, mm-hmm. you know, and then. I go into my sounds and listen to ones like what's a little more bubbly, what's a little more fun, what's a little more sort of jaded. Like, what was it like when I was creating? Was it like a really bright sunny day? Was it like afternoon, maybe a little rainy? Like, what sort of feels like what was happening when I was telling? Like, so that when the story is posted, that it makes sense, you know? Uh, we did a splatter art piece, so that was definitely more playful, fun, bright, colorful. So, like the yeah. music needed to feel like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I start with just the the foundation of like what I'm looking at, and then start creating that story with mm-hmm. the music after that pairs with what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, so, you are doing a lot of different artwork. How would you how would you explain to someone that? is very creative, but they're kind of like shy. They're scared to start creating. What kind of advice would you give them? I mean, I feel like it's that cliche advice. That's just like, I mean, just do it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about art is it's very subjective. I think we say this all the time. Like you go into an art museum and you're like, what, what made someone feel like this was worth going on a wall and not worth going in a dumpster? Yeah. Who, yeah. Like, <laughs> who, who gets yeah. to be the... The person that says something is is worth that value or not you know your art is you know I, I think about when i created you know when you're a little growing up and you would make like mother's day cards and like ornaments for christmas trees it'd be some like the most like hideous stuff like my mom still has a box of that stuff yeah. like who's to tell her that that's not valuable mm. it's, it's something sentimental to her so there's no really right or wrong when you're creating something so just start creating you know i think right now everybody's in such a like consumption stage because we do have social media and we can always share things but have that you know more intimate group of people before i started posting it was just sharing stuff with my mom because she creates sharing stuff with my sister because she creates you know i just started off with the people close to me or i had did a lot of stuff when i was growing up that was just school projects and you know you had to do them trying to get this a yeah. you know then your friends are like wait this is really cool you know so 
just just do things that feel feel natural to you. You don't always have to share it. Everything doesn't have to be consumed, but it can just be something that you do for the enjoyment of it. So there's no reason not to do it. And then if you want to share it with people, you can. Mm-hmm. But it's up to you. It's your art. You don't have to, you don't owe anybody the the creation unless you feel like it's something that is gonna, you know, touch people, it's gonna impact people, then share it. Yeah. No, it's funny how you said stuff maybe in the trash. We went to the museum in New York. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> Yeah, so we're pretty much done. We finished everything. We looked at everything. Then we saw a little room to the side. And it was like, oh, we missed that. We didn't go there. So we went in there. The minute we get in there, penises all over the wall. This lady <laughs> kissing a cat. Kiss cat. I'm like, <laughs> I wish I took some pictures so we could post it out. But I was just so disgusted. I'm just like. We, we made a beeline out of there so quick. Yeah. It was so odd. Yeah. It was so odd. And so, somebody said that was beautiful. I don't know how, but. <laughs> It is what it is. But you are a creator. Would you one day want to have like your own exhibit of different art? Ah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I think the art that I create, the story I wanted to tell is to be a reflection of of the personhood and a reflection of life, right? Not so much to be observed, but to be experienced. So a lot of the stuff I'm creating is like home decor and things to go like in spaces, uh, whether it's maybe like your office or even when I do the corsets for events, like I want it to feel like a part of an experience that's lived um, versus something that's like sort of viewed and sort of pondered. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Like Mm -hmm. there's different ways that you experience art. And so I love that like the art that we created is going to be, you know, a part of the spaces that we share. And so that's a different experience of like every day walking into your your space and seeing the art that you create you know and being able to have the memories of like those moments that we share with each other or like having that vase that's something like really sentimental like when i'm start you know creating more things in those pieces to share with people that they can have in their homes and it be a reflection of you know, memories of flowers that they, you know, have from their husband or that they get from their children. Like, I want it to be more of those experiences that they feel versus something that they just view in an exhibit. Mm-hmm. Okay. To me, if I'm creating, I need you to see my thing. Because that's the different ideas of I need to, when I create something, it's going out. No matter how good, how bad is it, I did it. You know, that's me. And you'd rather enjoy it and live it. So that's yeah. that's just the difference we have. Um, let me see, do I have any more questions or you, you want to go on back and forth? Your turn? It's my turn. Hopscotch, come on now. Mm-hmm. Is it your I'm turn or try, my turn? Trying to take the mic, you ain't ready. You ain't even ready. All right, so back, <laughs> back to thinking about creating. Um, what was one of maybe the first memories you have of like feeling creative? Like you did something and you were, and people sort of like reacted to it like, oh, and this is sort of fire. Like mm-hmm. you sort of realize, like, wait, I sort of have some some talent here. There's something here that sort of, you know, hits different from the way other people see the world and experience things. Um, definitely music production. I used to be a music producer back in the day. If you didn't know, I was, I was all right. I was all right. Jay Money. All right. <laughs> Baby was popping. <laughs> Go ahead. So yeah, I was um, you know, music producer back in the day and the way I started that was I used to play video games a lot and then it started getting super expensive. So I was just like, I need to find something else to do. And the minute I was introduced to Fruity Loops or FL Studio, whatever you call it, 
just like you're creating, you're moving these blocks and you have like different sounds in each block and you're creating something. I'm just like, and you're putting all these things together, like the drums, the different sounds, and then you create something out of nothing. And I was like, whoa, this is, this is kind of cool, you know? And then like, I just enjoy, even though when I first started with trash, but it was just like, you're creating like right now, like don't say anything. Like it's just quiet, right? And then now you're creating something to fill that quiet space which was so so cool to me. So you know, after a while, I just kept doing it for fun, kept doing it for fun. And next thing I started sharing with people, and people were like, "Yo, this is really nice. I like how you did this and that and this and that." And I'm just like, "Yo, I'm a creative right now, you know." And it's just pretty much just moved into what I do now, like just creating videos, creating podcasts. You're just starting whatever you're doing. You're starting it from scratch. You have a, a blank canvas with nothing on there. Now you're throwing paint on there. It might not be paint. It might be music. It might be a video. It might be words but just being able to start something from zero and creating something where somebody else can enjoy it that's a beautiful thing i don't even know if i answered your question or not but that was fire that was some fire heat right there hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so you know you in a, you in a lot of spaces i'm sorry uh, with that no it's good um because it made me think about just like creative process so like you started out um with a lot of music being like tied to your creativity as did i mm-hmm. um and so I think. Oh, is my shirt drooping or something right now? I can't really see it now. Is it good? I think you look good. Okay. You always look good. Keep going. <laughs> anyway, a lot of different creative spaces um, and how like it ties together, how it plays into each other. And I think that's one of the most interesting pieces, like reflecting on the different ways that my creativity have always spoken to whatever the next season of my life looked like starting out with music you know being in chorus and playing saxophone and doing all of like the musical storytelling and then tying that into uh when I was in fashion in undergrad and thinking that's what I was going to do and storytelling in that way uh to still taking that love of aesthetic to art and design and home decor so I think like nothing is ever wasted every season of our life gets to be sort of like a a direction into who we're going to like continue to grow and become, right? Yeah, so I have a question for you because I talked about my journey from music to where I'm at now. Yeah. Um, before we met, you said you were into fashion. How did you move from fashion into being more of the core? Um, you know, to keep it a buck, I needed a bag. And... Um, <laughs> I was I was doing a lot of things in fashion, trying to create in that landscape. Lived in Atlanta for a while, met some incredible people, mm. incredible just creatives, and and just loved loved being in that space with people doing you know their own businesses, design, decor, and like pop up events. Um, but I was I just wasn't it wasn't lucrative, mm. um, and so I actually I think we talk a lot about creative um, creativity as far as like art forms, but I realized that the creative way that I communicated could also be a landscape for um, transitioning the into what I wanted to do monetarily. So um, I ended up taking this skill set that I was using in like um, working in bridal and doing that kind of sales and fashion and pivoting into a sales landscape of mortgage tech. Um, and then continue to just move deeper in the tech world. So I sort of got out of fashion as much just because um, 
it was definitely fun. Like, you know, I still, I still love playing around with aesthetic pieces, but now I'm, I'm sort of post uh, the height of the pandemic have eased into like just some good old loungewear sets mm -hmm. and being able to create. But yeah, it, it was sort of just a necessity of like, I really, you know, I really enjoy this, but maybe it's not the end all be all of how my creative gifts can be used. Mm -hmm. And there's another way that I can still be creative and, you know, navigated in a different space. So I think even last time we talked about flexibility, I hit this point where like, I was so hard headed about it. Everyone in my life was like, Hey, like maybe there's another way you can do what you're thinking about doing, or maybe you're going to tap into another area. And I was just so gung ho, like, no, I'm just going to do fashion. And finally I just hit this space where I'm like, okay, you know, Lord, is this what you mean for me to be doing? Or is there something else that I can do that I still enjoy? And I love the work I do now. Um, and it's still, storytelling is still communicating in a way and then I still ended up tying into visuals and art in a different landscape so I think it sort of just stretched me um because I had sort of put myself in a box with fashion mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was just cool how both of us started somewhere where you were starting with your fashion I started off with making beats and now transforming into what we do now where it's still kind of the same so like for me for example me creating beats, chopping up samples, chopping up um, different sounds, and now to now where I'm chopping up videos, I'm chopping up my podcast audio, and it's still similar. It's not exactly the same, but it's still similar to you. You're dealing with fashion now. You're transforming into you know home decor where you're dealing with different textures of art. You know your clay, your paintings, your different colors. So you're kind of blending those. So I just want to know when was that time that you said it's time to pivot? It's time to say, you know what, this fashion might not be right, but I need to pivot. And I, I can go first. You want me to? Yeah. Go first? Go okay. Well, for me, when I realized like this music wasn't wasn't working for me, it's just going months with not getting enough money. I'm just like, yo. And and also listening to the songs people were sending me. So if you were artists and you were sending me trash songs, you the reason why I quit. You know, I'm just like, yeah, I'll spend so much time on this music. And then to get the song back, and I'm just like, yo, like I know this song was better. You know what I mean? It made my beat sound trash. You know, I'm just like, I'm listening to it like, yeah, my beats might not be as good as I thought they were, but this song is horrible. So and then I just started, I don't know the day I started creating uh editing stuff. I don't know what it was. What day did I say, yo, I'm about to start editing videos? I don't know. That's crazy. Uh, I don't know. That was a lot. I got to look that up. I got I to look at my own bag and see when. I know I was doing stuff on TikTok. So I was editing a little bit on TikTok. But the day I said, let me buy a camera and start a YouTube channel. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, so I know now. So basically what it was, I was um, you know, making beats on my YouTube channel. just posting the beats with like different visualizers to make it look cool. And then um, a lot of people would do like the behind the scenes of how to make a beat. And I was just like, I can do that too. So I set up my um, phone and I recorded myself like making, you know, a beat behind the scenes. And then that got my introduction into editing videos. I taught myself how to edit a video. And I was like, yeah, I can do this you know, a lot more. So I ended up buying the camera I still have now and started, ended up making blogs and stuff like that. And you know, the rest is history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I spoke a little to it, same thing that you're speaking to as far as like um, it not being lucrative. Um, and I think even outside of that, because I know people be like, oh, you know, do what you love. Like, don't worry about the money. You do what you love. You never work a day in your life. I think you have to think about what your why is. And I think for me, my why was also building generational wealth. Um, I had also 
um, obtain my master's, my undergraduate degree. And so like the math wasn't math thing, right? Like, um, so I had to consider what, like what a pivot would look like. Um, so I was sort of just thinking about this, um, but even I guess on like a personal level, I was working in bridal. Um, I was back in Charlotte and I was doing what I thought I really wanted to do as far as working in like apparel and, you know, having opportunities to like, you know, be promoted in that space. And I had everything I thought I wanted. And I wasn't really, like, I didn't really feel like at peace with it. Now, granted, during this time, it was also the height of the pandemic. So I don't know if much peace was to be found anywhere, but I didn't feel at peace with it. And so I was thinking to myself, like, maybe, like, maybe I should pivot. Honestly, I remember having so many conversations with people I love, like, hey, like, I don't, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And they're like, girl, like, it's, <laughs> it's a pandemic. You better keep your job. And um, I was like, no, I feel you, but like, I feel like, like God is shifting me out of this space. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna do this anymore. So I started looking at other opportunities. I started interviewing, sort of kept it low because I knew everybody was gonna be looking at me crazy. Like, you sure you're trying to change paths right now? Uh, but like, I just, I'll never forget it because I just felt so sure that like I was supposed to be moving and then got confirmation. I went home and there was uh, the church service and a woman I never met spoke like a prophetic word to me, just like confirming things that I know God had been telling me about transitioning from what I was doing. And so um, I like came home, was like, all right, let me like throw dig in to making that move. So I did um, literally at the same time that I had got the acceptance for the new position, transitioning into a different uh, space they were offering me a promotion at my current work spot. And I was like, like <laughs> it was tight. I was like, oh man, like what am I supposed to do? But I was just like, I knew, I knew I had to be like, I can't do this. Like I can't do this. Um, and then in an even odder turn of events, um, put in my two weeks notice, accepted the other job offer. Um, and then the last week of my two weeks notice, the company that I was at that I was leaving um, ended up going bankrupt. So it, it's one of those moments where it's like in retrospect, I'm like, I'm so glad I listened to God and not my family. And it's like, you <laughs> don't always ignore your family. But this is one of the moments I'm like, yeah, I love y'all, but I'm so glad I didn't listen to y'all. Um, I'm hey. really glad that I, I, I made that shift. So, yeah, it was it was like emotionally it wasn't feeling right. The math wasn't math. And I was like, yeah, I got to I got to shift gears. So. That's wild. That's crazy. I didn't even know that story. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wild. That's crazy. <laughs> but it's just crazy that they were giving you a promotion. And they go it was about to go bankrupt. Where did the money come from? Promotion where? It's about to give everybody a promotion. It's, I don't know. They're like, yo, yo. <laughs> hopefully y'all can stay. I don't know. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. I don't know where to go from there. That was, that was intense. That was intense. Yeah, that was pretty good. I haven't looked back. Yeah. I looked back. That's, that's wild. Yeah. What else you got? Come on now. What's on the docket? This is you. This is yours right here. Come on now. I'm here. This is my. This is my like day off kind of. You know, like I do the podcast. I'm focused. I'm locked in. When I'm with Charnay, this is hers. So good. You the boss. You're so funny. All right. So let's see. I will land it here. Um, so when you think about like being creative, storytelling. Um, what is one of your like favorite stories 
like favorite stories like it can be music wise media wise but like when you think of like what makes a good story like this is a good behind story like the way they told this story is fire what's like a story like that that you're like yeah like it sets the bar for like how you want a story to mm. well that's that's a, i think you, you told your story pretty good that was a fire story i ain't gonna lie that was fire oh man I don't know. That's a tough question right there. A, a story that's... See, I told you guys, that's what I deal with all the time. Like, it's the tough questions that I get. And I'm on the spot with the camera rolling and just like, come on now. You know, do me like this in front of my friends? Jeez. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. What was, a, what was a good story for you? You, you started off. Oh, so I mentioned yeah, it earlier. I, um, I really love Love Jones. Okay. I okay. love that story. I think because growing up, everything was very simple, very like antagonist protagonist, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's like, oh, this is the good guy. These are the bad guys. Mm -hmm. and, and I think sometimes we look at our world like that. Like we don't look at people like they are full humans who have flaws, mm -hmm. who have shortcomings, who also have things that make them... Um, redeemable right and i think just through the lens of christ it's like seeing every person like that and so it was i probably watched it in like early high school but it was one of the first narratives i had where you know i was watching a whole lot of tv bopper movies and so it was like oh these are like the good girls and like these are like the mean girls and like, you know what i'm saying everything was like very cut and dry and it was the first story where everybody had stuff that they was just going through they all had reasons why you love the characters and then there were reasons why it's like you you're sort of problematic mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. i also sort of rock with you everybody was sort of being messy in their own way everybody was trying to clean up their messes mm -hmm. in their own way and trying to heal their relationships missing marks when it came to communication trying to communicate failing and then at the end we don't get this storybook happy ever after but we just have two people saying hey we both screwed up quite a bit but i'm willing to try mm -hmm. and i think i just like that i just think it was more it was more human it was just a story of redemption and failure and trying again and as long as you keep doing that then i think that's a story worth telling okay i, I got a good one uh, i think the movie's called memento i'm not gonna do more research we're gonna, we're gonna keep it as that memento actually let's look at it. it's behind the scenes right i got time to look it up yeah behind the scenes right here so this is what i'll be doing when i'll be recording my my, my podcast i put in pause and be looking it up mo mento there we go there is there it is yeah that's the movie yeah so basically a good story uh memento uh, if you haven't seen it i kind of don't want to kill the story but we don't kill it anyway it's behind the scenes right right okay, yeah, okay. so Basically, it's a movie told in reverse. So the end of the movie, you see, I mean, the beginning of the movie, you see him killing somebody. And then, you know, now you go to the beginning of the movie to how it started. And then just keeps going back from the ending and then going to the beginning. So you kind of know what's going to happen at the end, but you never really understand how they got there until like the end of the movie. So the, um, basically, the, the point of the movie is the guy is... Cause I don't want to kill it. Yeah, I'm not gonna kill it. But basically, it's just cool how they was able to tell the story from the end, you know, to the beginning, and just kind of like filling you in slowly about what's gonna happen in the movie. But it was I don't want to kill it. It was a really good movie. Memento, movie told it backwards. It was it was fire. Mine's cool. Not like that though. But it makes me think of sort of your editing style. 
but sometimes even like or even like a lot of things you'll see they'll start off with the finished product and then sort of walk you through it which mm -hmm. makes me sort of think about pastor was preaching the other day like um like you'll understand it in reverse like mm -hmm. it will make more sense so i think there's a lot of things in life where looking back it makes sense seeing all the pieces of how you got there even sort of us talking about our creative process and how we ended up landing in the creative spaces that we we work in you know you'll see it from the end and then work backwards it makes sense all the dots connecting for how we got here yeah now you're right i think that's that's how everybody's story is you see the end you see where they are now and then you try to find out how they got there and this platform right here my girlfriend put me on i don't even gonna know it know it in reverse but yeah i love it oh another one that i like usual suspects really good movie um she's never gonna watch it with me but um no disrespect she she no, she, she no, loves she loves her love jones and stuff but she doesn't mm -hmm. love she doesn't love my movies but um it's okay let's cut that out that's too much information uh another movie usual suspects she loves that movie um yeah usual suspects really good movie um, basically, it's the guy where he's the, the crime boss. He's the basically head of everything, and he pretty much gets caught by cops. And he's pretty much telling the story that of this guy that's basically him. So he's acting like he's crippled. He's acting like he's like the weakest person there, but he's ending up the top boss. And he's pretty much explaining to the guy, you know, a false story. Basically, he's looking around. They have stuff all around the room. He's just saying this the mug and you know a picture of a cat and he's pretty much reading everything in the room explaining to this guy about the biggest boss in the world where it's pretty much him and the guy doesn't figure it out until he actually leaves the office so i think that's kind of dope i'm not gonna lie that example sort of confused me my, my. <sighs> all right and the end episode we're done we're done talking behind the scenes it made no sense Okay, so let me explain. Let me, let me explain again. Okay, okay, all right. Let me explain again. Let me explain again. Let's explain again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We gonna explain again. So cut everything we had before. We will come back here. All right, we're back. All right. We had a commercial break. Yeah, we had a commercial break. YouTube YouTube all right. Sponsored pillows by what's this, what's this place called? Where you get your sofa from? I don't know. All right. So, <laughs> another movie that I did like that told a pretty good story. Was it supposed to be movies or could it be anything? It could be anything. All right, well, I think movies are the easiest for me. Um, another um, thing that I thought, another, another movie, another movie, we're chopping this up this time. Another movie that I thought was pretty good at telling a story was called Unusual Suspects or Unusual Suspects. Yeah, Usual Suspects. I'm done talking. Come on, it's an episode. I'm done. You tired? I'm okay. tired now. Okay. We've right. talking for like 40 minutes. Yeah, we've been talking for a while. Awesome. All right. Let's see. I was going to land it before. Now i got to figure out how to land the plane again. Give me a minute. All right. I can land the plane. You can land the plane? Yes. Right. I don't know. I'm tired now. I got a lot of stuff. It's all right. I'm going to land it like we were landing it where I had ended it, where we had just finished. You talked about the other movie. That, that, that example made a lot of sense. Just talking about a story in reverse and talking about understanding our lives in reverse. I thought that was a great okay. place to tie it up. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm getting excited. Start talking about cats and mugs. I'm so confused. We're going to watch it more. We'll watch yeah. it. Now I'm curious. I think creative process is all about storytelling. Um, so I think just understanding your story and then also the stories that inspire you just help to create, create that space um, for navigating what it looks like to communicate because... 
I think everyone, everyone does for sure have our own stories. And I think uh, thinking more about like empathizing and being more merciful to others um, is integrated in understanding their stories. You know, the couples be holding their hands on the videos. I'm like, man, y'all know y'all don't need to be holding hands all the time. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? You're so silly. Um, but yeah, it's all like that. I just like the the concept of creating from that um, from that narrative. And then just, I think for me, whenever I, um, I guess I was going to pose the question. It's like, but I guess I'll sort of answer it and pose it. Sorry. But I was going to ask, like, what do you do when you're, when you get sort of away from creating, when you're trying to refocus? Um, I think for me, just getting back to that place of like gratitude and remembering my why, it brings me back to my story. It brings me back to those stories that inspire me and why they're so valuable and why it's so important to continue to tell stories. Sorry, I'm, I'm tired. Ooh, we've been working, y'all. Listen, this is the, the what third episode of three in two days. Boy, yeah. I'm, I've been working, and we got another one later on. Yeah. Um, what was the question again? Sorry. Um, oh, when you get away from um, yeah, creating. Yeah, when you get away from creating. I don't get away from it. I, I create. I'm creating twenty four seven. I'm creating right now. I'm be creating after. I don't think I ever really get away with. It. My mind doesn't stop, like creating like, it doesn't matter what i'm doing like my mind is it's creating so yeah um, but if i was to get away from it how would i get back to it yeah honestly it wouldn't be too hard you know i just start with you know just getting that inspiration from outside um you know youtube everybody's showing the behind the scenes from everything and you know watching movies television shows um just looking up these actors that are in these shows or directors and, you know, watching their process on online, Instagram, TikTok, you know, it's just so much creativity around you. It's hard not to be inspired now. Um, it's just so many different things, so many different things you could touch on. I have a podcast, I edit videos. I don't mess with music anymore, but if I really wanted to, you know, so there's so many different art we have, we do it as well. So I think it's just so many different avenues to, express yourself that it's kind of hard not to be inspired in some kind of way so yeah i think i'm i'm a creative and it's hard for me to get away keep calling me you know keep calling me. all right well thanks for tuning in to this episode behind the scenes of unknown and talented if you have not already please like share subscribe and we will catch you next time until then be easy. <laughs> Let's turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> Silly.